0: Welcome to From the Heart with Daniel Groom and Don Lister of Anahata Yoga Center. Today we are talking to Uma Dinsmore Tuli, and Uma um, describes herself as a writer, a yogi, and a mother. And I happen to know there are many more bows to her, strings to her bow than that. But I will let her talk about that more. Interesting fact: she began practicing first in 1969 when she watched. And I imagine joined in on some yoga on the telly with her (laughs) mum, which I hear so many people say, you know, I I never saw yoga on the telly. I don't know what we were watching. I think Teletubbies or something. I don't know. Um, So that's pretty cool. Um, But let's check in with how we are all doing today. Daniel, how are you? What's happening? Tell me how things are going.
1: I am okay today, Dawn. Yeah, it's that kind of bit just before Christmas. So this will probably be going out in January. But um, I feel like... I'm ready to, this is my last job to do before I switch off for for Christmas. So it's lovely to be in the company of Uma and yourself, Dawn. Um, I've known Uma for quite a long time, actually. She taught me um, Yoga Nidra, which is going to be something that we're going to talk about today. And Yoga Nidra has been such a transformational part of my yoga teaching and my yoga practice and it's something that I just adore sharing and the, the therapeutic and personal benefits that I've had from yoga nidra are just astounding and um Uma, you'll be pleased to know I finally managed to get a weekly class on our schedule every Friday night five forty-five, and it's packed it's brilliant I love it we do 20 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of breathing, 30 minutes yoga nidra and five minutes to kind of roll up the studio after. And it's just wonderful. I love it. So thank you for, for, for that. It's been a long time, long time in the, in the process.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're in a yoga nidra is doing so well, Daniel, and it's such a gift to the world, isn't it? I was kind of um, t- quite taken aback by how well it's been received. Yeah. Um, I did um, your yoga nidra drama um, throughout um, this past year when I was recovering from COVID and I was just, I couldn't do anything. I literally, if I walked to the end of the road, I'd like have to come home and have a nap. So I I did joined in your afternoons and sort of laid just, and then I went through um, your back library. I, I can genuinely say I've, I only got part, to the first five minutes and then it was sound asleep um but i'm sure i know it did me good because i always felt so much better afterwards i kind of set up a nice yoga nidra little set up in my in my office and had a uh, bolsters and blankets and all the business and oh it's wonderful and i kind of wonder why i've stopped just kind feeling better i think i might need to start it again and do it anyway um so how are you might tell us how you're doing how are you feeling today what's happening with you well i'm all the better for being
2: here with you lovely people i feel like i'm stepping into the Anahata embrace um because that i've not been to your studio in its physical form so this is an opportunity for me to kind of drop in and like have a chat with you so i feel all the better for that um yeah i'm feeling a bit like um like daniel like there's been a lot I've been busy very kind of working in the way that you do over the christmas coming up to christmas so i'm pausing and i'm feeling uh i'm feeling the need to cultivate my own resilience mm. and joy because i see so much difficulty and suffering and um probably like a lot of people with elderly relatives it's quite a worrying time so mm-hmm. i've got my dad in the hospital he's 92. it's very grumpy that he might be in hospital it looks like he's gonna be okay so that's good mm. and you know just i see difficulty and challenge around us but I also it's lovely to be here so I feel kind of positively connected mm. on a web of beautiful hearts like yours so that's how I feel I'm very physically very well eating mince pies and drinking my tea
1: <laughs> fantastic is it you were just saying that you're you're in your caravan yeah. um, in oh, Stroud it's... and is it raining I think I can hear it's... the rain
2: uh, yeah, you might actually. I should have warned you. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a Renault bus. It was a French military bus. It's called Florence. It's a green bus that doesn't. It's not going to go anywhere. It's been parked in the back of my garden for some years, and I've turned it into a small office. Um, so yeah, and a recording place. But the trouble is, when it rains, if you can hear a kind of funny. It'll, it's actually stopped raining now. It's dripping off the yew trees. So. Stroud is very hilly and we're tucked in a little groin of the hillside at the top. And it means that I've got a whole um, little copse of yew trees. And that's what you can hear. If you can hear the sound kind of on the roof, it's actually actually stopped raining. Miraculously, I think it's been raining forever in Stroud. It hasn't stopped raining in a very long time. Everything is totally waterlogged. It's very muddy. And the Stroud people are busy falling over and walking our dogs because it's all hills up here, a bit opposite to where you are, but it's very hilly and slippy. And the sound is the sound of the rain dripping off the yew trees onto my little green bus in the back end of my garden.
1: I love it. <laughs> and that, that's, that I think, you know, doing, doing these podcasts and, you know, us all being at home and, you know, people there's such an expectation about it having to be professional isn't there and there's just such beauty in you know hearing people's dogs bark or the rain falling down or you know hearing someone's partner shouting things out on their call next door or you know we've just kind of got used to it haven't we you know it's become you know become normal now has not it you know the beauty beauty in not having to having to worry about it being perfect.
2: But I have actually got my proper clothes on because I know you can't see because it's audio but I have actually got proper clothes on because sometimes people keep their pyjamas on don't they so when they're on zoom <laughs> <laughs> I actually fully just and you may hear a small dog barking and if that's the barking that will be a delivery arriving and I hope someone else sorts it out because she's quite a loud little bark, little small schnauzer very wet very muddy
0: very barky <laughs> i think we're mirroring each other a little bit I'm, I'm sitting in my my wooden cabin in the garden which has two um apple trees right next to it and then another tree on the other side which I don't think it's a tree tree and um it, the, the rain's kind of battering down it so i love the sound of it it's so peaceful i mean it's just stopped so we can't hear it right now but I I find it. and then i've got my little ancient scotty at home who he he lies on the lies on his bed or lies on the floor and then if someone barks it's the only time he moves all day to kind of try and kill them and he's he's terrible he's bitten so many people he's such an angry little dog oh dreadful I mean mean, he was a rescue so he's obviously you know very distressed by life bless him him. I I was just thinking you know we're all experiencing the yin yin and yang of existence right now aren't we you know it's like uh, there's, there's joy and there's beauty and there's endless opportunity somewhere in between that for transformation and then another on the other flip side there's a lot of you know darkness and sadness and you know absolutely difficulty Mm. so I'm trying for me trying to kind of find that line in between the two not to deny the dark or kind of just be false jolly um, but yeah. you find that space in between and that's kind of a tricky navigation sometimes, isn't it? It is. And isn't
2: that exactly the place of yoga nidra? Yeah, that's what I'd say like when we pra- practice opposites in yoga nidra, anyone who's ever stayed awake long enough in the yoga nidra practice, <laughs> you, you often get like inside and outside or, you know, heavy and light or something like that. And it's a kind of it, it seems like a standard technique. But actually what it is is a skill for life, mm. because what I see and I'm sure everybody sees that is that there's there's always these kind of like junctions of opposites, and we're in a place to hold an awareness of both mm-hmm. of grief and and you know and sorrow and frustration and and joy and all that. but actually Nidra kind of gives us a way to practice that, and that's one of the reasons i I love it and I and I why I feel right now in the midst of all of this very pandemic-y kind of thing that's going on is that actually that's why you're going to just so helpful people need to be able to rest in the chaos you can't stop the chaos and i had that little kind of like prayerful blessing that came through when i was doing i did like 110 daily you're gonna they might come back when i finish writing my book which i i can talk about later but like um and though each day it was often a little blessing it was let us rest amid the chaos let us listen to our hearts and let's just you know we went into the practice from that kind of thing where we could just say everything is chaotic and (laughs) and we still need to rest and be in that place where we can actually restore all our rhythmic cycles even though everything seems to be topsy-turvy sixes and sevens i don't know whatever you like to call it it's all a bit crackers isn't it i'm gonna chop up my tea, there,
1: was, there was something so because i i you know i i did quite a lot of your facebook yoga nidras and it was just uh, what i loved about it was there was a little bit of time in the afternoon where i could just sneak away from everything and it was like kind of just nipping into kind of like this community of people that were all online. We, you, you, you kind of, you kind of beautifully said hello to every single person that put a message up, but without kind of labouring and spending too much time with anybody. It was just like, everyone was made to feel welcome. And that is the beauty of what Yoga Nidra is, isn't it? Is creating that safe vessel, that kind of space where you just feel held and you're held by yourself or by the teacher but also by the community of people that are sharing it with you at that time or might have tuned into it at some point that day that week that year that lifetime you know it's such a such an amazingly rich practice and and yeah just so needed at these times
2: so needed and i think you've you've raised an aspect of it that people don't often talk about Um, Which was really clear in these kind of, you know, live online things is that it's really and you feel it when when you step into a a practice in person, you step into a community of practice, you know, everybody like and honestly, from the outside world, if you walk into a room full of fully grown adults all lying flat on their backs, you'd be like, oh, my God, what's happened? What disaster has befallen these people? Are they (laughs) ill? But they're not ill, are they? They're all resting. So you don't get that feeling, you know, and and I I think, uh, yeah, we have a little bit, I can say this proudly. We have a little bit of a reputation for levels of comfort, which I'm sure are present in Anahat, you know, no bolster is to spare, uh, you know, no uh, more extra blankets, eye pillows, it's all lovely, it's all gorgeous, all colour coordinated. So I had this rep of like carting this all around in my big bus, another bus, not the one I'm in, the one outside i mean, well, why do you do that, Umar? And I said, well, because it creates a completely different feeling. When you feel welcomed and tucked up and snuggled in, you mm. can really rest. Mm. Now, obviously, we can't do that when people are online. But what you can do is, in the words that we say and the way we greet everyone, just those simple things help people feel like they step. I called it virtual circles of belonging, where mm-hmm. you step into the circle like you're in a campfire or in a lovely studio, like Anahata, you know, <laughs> or, or our little place in which... We haven't, anyway, we haven't used for a while now. So it's like, actually, you can create that online. And I actually, I was so skeptical, but like when I'm sitting talking to you, I kind of like, I feel your presence. I feel you there. We've made set aside the time. We are together in the etheric realm. We are, it's very yogic. We are together in time.
1: Mm. We are
2: together in that We're our hearts are focused on the same thing. So Mm. the only thing that isn't together is our physical bodies. But we know in yoga, that's only one of the bodies anyway. All the other four bodies are totally, we together. And so also are the bodies of all our ancestors. That's what I think, not literally the ghosts, but like, you know, I really feel their presence and their connection. And, and each place that you are on the earth, we're connected. I'm over here in Stroud and there you all over, you know, in Gloucestershire and you're in Essex. And it's like, these things are real. That's what I began to think. And if you had told me this time last year that I'd be spending my life talking to small people on screens in boxes and saying that I can feel how they are I would have laughed at you I mean I've done a bit of zoom I have a little patreon circle so I had for a couple of years run quite small zoom things but I you know we just moved our whole training online and it's like I think a lot of people are pivoting and understanding that it is a real kind of community connection and that's a part of yoga isn't it it's our sangha or our satsang
1: absolutely can i ask you Uma, what, yeah. what 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 drove you to 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 develop your yoga nidra training that you have with that whole beautiful community of 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 like-minded yoga nidra practitioners um because it's a phenomenal training it really is and it just it, yeah it it was life-changing for me it really was and I I met some wonderful people who I'm still very closely in contact with and who regularly influence my life from that training um and I'll just yeah it would just be really really interested to hear about you know what was the drive behind wanting to put the yoga nidra network together and the total yoga nidra training that you have done oh
2: bless you um, I actually really remember the group you were in. I have i i I'm, I have a really kind of um it's a me- a memory for people and their faces and their their connections. So yeah. I remember the groups that came, and i and I remember we was we were in Bermondsey, weren't we in the mm-hmm. in the Buddhist centre, and like I just remember that whole process. and the reason that I really and it is a kind of drive, I wouldn't say it's an ambition, I would say it's like a heartfelt desire, and it's sort of twofold one i have to say i'm i'm quite a critical person i complain about things when i use anger actually to change stuff so i always felt a bit angry and sad that what people thought yoga nidra was was a bit crap really like it was a bit rubbish people thought that yoga nidra was something off youtube or somebody sitting there reading it out of a book and they'd be cold and uncomfortable and lie there and think oh god i mustn't move and when i get to the end and a lot of people still think that's what yoga nidra is. And I know that it isn't just that. And I felt, well, and and it, so I suppose motivated by being a bit angry, that that wasn't all it was. It's like, no, you know anything? Oh, you're really missing the point. There's something else here. Like if you really care about something, like you care about yoga and somebody goes, Oh, I tried yoga once. And it is rubbish, you know, and you're like well what kind did you try and where did you go and of course that wouldn't suit you for god's sake you know you went to some really slow class and you're 21 you should have been in a different class or you're 72 you, you should have been in the, you know when you know a bit about it you feel like it's not okay for people to think it's rubbish they just got the wrong bit it wasn't and i felt like that but you're you're just like i was tearing my hair out daniel thinking but everybody thinks yoga nids are rubbish and I'll do it. And they'd go, oh my God, I've never done yoga nidra like that before. I said, well, we better better get this out here. So I felt I wanted to share what I loved because I was a bit annoyed that other people (laughs) didn't realize. It's like if you're in love with someone and you want everyone to know how beautiful they are, you know, so you never stop talking about them, do you? You go, oh, I just love them, they're so lovely. Or some new friend that you've made, you know, that's the thing that I, so I, it was like that. And also I have to say, it was motivated by some experiences that i'd had during the early trainings i received that i just i just didn't think they're doing it justice i felt there was so much more to it and i wanted to empower people also to feel in their hearts the way that you do that they could share with confidence of respecting a structure but with the creativity to respond to the people in front of them And I think that's one of the things I really care about is that A, it's a brilliant practice and I want everyone to know about it and there's different ways to do it and B, that actually if we can be really confident, you know, like when you learn an instrument, you learn scales and chords, you learn how the music works so that then you could be free maybe to learn, well, I don't know, either learn something by heart or something else might come to you, like dancing, isn't it? You learn a few steps and then it becomes yours and I wanted it to be like that with the Nidra training. Mm. And I have to say, I mean, I've only, I do this, you know, the, the Yoga Nidra Network was founded by myself and my husband. So I have to big up my husband because I'm such a mouthy cow that people think it's all me. But really, it's important to share. Nilip Tutuli, um, who is like, he is the embodiment of Yoga Nidra. He's basically delta waves on legs, isn't he? He's the Barry, he's the Barry White of yoga nidra (laughs) and you i didn't make that up one of our students actually one of the facebook groups one day was like those those live nidra's like he's the barry white of yoga nidra with his baritone (laughs) so um he he was like with me honest because because we'd been in a situation where we could no longer with truth and honesty support the kind of training and background we'd come out of we'd been taught to do it in a very you know, dogmatic, bossy kind of way that made a lot of people really uncomfortable and triggered people, you know, people mm. being traumatized. And I was like, no, I want Nidra to be, a. it's very motherly. It's like a family thing. You know, we want you to feel, not everybody feels positive about family. I know, but like a sense that is welcoming for you.
1: Cho- chosen family.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, your chosen family of welcome. So that's why I did it. And I, I have to, people were like, what on earth are you doing, Uma? Like, I said, We well, just want to share Nidra. So when we saw, and the Nidra network, that name came from a lovely old friend of ours called Ami Malhotra. And Ami, who's a fantastic psychotherapist in Nottingham, now at the time was a yoga teacher. And he was like, You don't, we were thinking of names for it. And I was like, Nidra, this, Nidra. That. He goes, You got to keep it networked, Duma. That's just how you are. He says, You need it to be a network and not a kind of, you know, corporate thing. <laughs> I can't do that corporate stuff so we got it's cooperative networking kind of a thing mm-hmm. can I, just,
0: I can I just step everything back yeah. a, a second because there are going to be people on this podcast who maybe don't actually know what yoganidra means exactly uh, that word won't mean anything to them and like, I know what let's earth are you up. talking about what are you saying lying down motherly music barry White. i'm confused so can, <laughs> you, can you can you give us the most beginner's explanation to what is yoga nidra and the magic that we know that it is but let's let's yeah. show people who maybe don't know what is yoga nidra
2: literally those two words mean yoga sleep so if we we accept that yoga is a kind of practice of union and connection nitra literally means sleep so yoga nidra which is how you're supposed to say yoga nidra means either the sleep which is yoga the yoga of sleep the sleep of the yogis but it's basically a yoga practice where you don't have to move except you can fidget around you just lie down and listen basically it's meditation lying down it is a meditative practice upon the act of falling asleep so for most people what you'll be doing and you just lie down and listen that's all you need to do you listen usually just to a voice and there's a set structure there's a lot of different schools that teach yoga nidra and they all have quite similar structures some are slightly different than the others as as it's a human thing they will argue about who's is the best version the version that i teach is something called total yoga nidra which kind of gets me off the hook and says well basically they're all quite good all these different forms of yoga nidra it just depends who they're for so we tend to empower teachers to teach what we think is Going to feel for them in resonance with the people that's in front of them so sometimes it's just 15 minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes sometimes they can go on for 40 minutes or 90 minutes average around 20 minutes half an hour i'd say masses of free yoga nidras on the yoga nidra network you know listen to them in 23 different languages i'm very proud of that i have a vision that when i'm an old lady at some point and that's happening quite quick (laughs) at some point the entire human race will be able to listen to Yoga Nidra in its own mother tongue for free, all at the same time. Or maybe over a 24 hour period, because we can't get the people in San Francisco up at four in the morning, because that's a bit cruel, isn't it? But, like, you know, I've become much more aware of time zones in this global world, because I'm like, oh, God, that lady in Boston, she had to get up at three in the morning to come to this class. We better be nice to her. Oh, God, there's somebody in Australia. It's like, we have people on the Nidra training course, and they will get, anyway beside the point but the point that's what nidra is so and i'm currently i spent the last seven years writing an encyclopedia of yoga nidra daniel will testify to the fact that i've irritated a lot of people by asking them questions about it you're in the book daniel it's like lots of amazing testimonials yoga nidra all over the world it's nearly finished
1: i'm so excited <laughs> to read that book <laughs> so excited <laughs> oh, it, it, feel, it feels like It's kind of like a culmination of your lifetime's work is coming together in this book and yeah, just
2: it's it's hard work, mate. It's hard work. I I, I am a writer, I do like it and it's got lots of different voices, but I've been so inspired by so many I mean, some of it's very ancient practice. People, you know, Yoga Nidra goes back, not in the kind of contemporary forms, but as a as a as a practice or as a as a connection to the to the to the source, basically, because when you're in that place of sleep and then you drop into waking fullness and then you're aware that you're asleep. You can cultivate all these amazing states of consciousness. And uh, it just brings us back into connection with with what is, you know, because it it looks like you're lying down to take (laughs) your last breath. But obviously (laughs) what you're actually doing is reconnecting with the source of life. Mm -hmm. So the more
0: yoga nidra there is in the world, I think the better. So I know for me, when I was doing the practice, um, with you during my illness this year I really felt um deeply restored in a way I don't feel after having had a sleep yeah. just an ordinary sleep so could you maybe say a few words about why that's happening Or oh, you ask all the best questions don't you that's
2: a good but yeah a lot of people say that they say oh it feels like a, a very deep quality of rest or they might say stuff like, oh, it replaces four hours sleep. It doesn't. You still need your sleep, People's Big, important message. You need between seven and nine hours each 24-hour period, however you like to get that, You do need it. Nidra is like a sleep supplement. Mm-hmm. Does not replace a varied and balanced diet. Isn't that what it says on all your supplements? I'm a bit of a supplement person. I'm busy giving them out to people all the time. But I think that what you get, is you actually scientifically speaking, when you look at things like your brainwaves that like the electrical activity in the brain, what you're actually doing in Nidra is probably cycling through most of the different brainwave states that you get when you do have a full period of sleep so for example in every 90 minutes that you sleep during the night and they are on 90 minute cycles so it's not a weird thing to wake up every hour and a half and notice that it's perfectly normal but what you usually do in those sleep cycles is you'll move from waking state consciousness you know being alert and attentive kind of how we are down through a sort of reverie and into a place where you're into kind of a sort of dream state and then you go beyond that into what's called delta waves where you don't get you know, if you've ever been woken up at that point of sleep where you really don't know who you are, there are no, there's no dreams, no, no images, no nothing going on, and you're literally gone. And sometimes in nidra, people do dip into that, and that's why you need to be careful when you bring them back out. And then you usually in a sleep, it's like an arc. You'll come out at the other side of it through those same cycles again. So you come on the kind, kind of reboot. It's like a reboot. But the thing about nidra is that obviously you don't spend a lot of time in any of those cycles. Whereas in a kind of eight, seven hour sleep pattern or five hours, they often get good five hours. You'll go through, you'll spend a lot of time, especially in delta waves at the beginning of the night. But in yoga nidra, you don't spend enough time in it for you to go really sleepy, which is probably why you feel very awake when you wake up, because you haven't gone that deep. But you have cycled through what you need to, to feel a sort of, it, I call it the restoration of rhythmic cycles. It like it restores your rhythm. So you kind of come up on the up if you get the timing right. That's why I mostly, when I'm doing kind of general ones in big groups or like with people, I usually do between 15 and 20 minutes. You know, sometimes between 20 minutes and 25, you get the uplift. But if you start getting into about 40, 45 minutes long, that's a whole different experience. Not a bad experience, but it's not what you want if you've got to get up and catch a bus or drive a car or cook dinner for someone you know it's like you're not you'll just be like who am i (laughs) I, I, and if you've ever had you get you know so that's but that's the reason why it feels so restful so it's very nourishing and it also i think it helps people sleep because you you really start to learn you get friendly with those different stages those different states of consciousness you get familiar with them so that that's um You really can do some useful things. And that's kind of my husband's kind of speciality. Like he was an insomniac for 30 years. So he's pretty geared up on how to deal with Nidra that helps people sleep Mm. and also helps them to be kind of conscious and to make friends. If you make friends with the process of being an insomniac, which is basically noticing those sleep cycles.
1: Mm. And the lips has done a really amazing... Online training, hasn't he, that you can get via the Yoga Nidra network for people that are suffering with insomnia? Yeah, um yeah, we have. You know, I i know um, I've recommended a few clients to actually partake in that training, which is just an online training. You know, they don't have to be present, they can just watch it on a screen. And actually, it's made a huge difference for them. Huge yeah. difference.
2: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, he put it that uh, he's really. Yeah, put his, his heart and soul into all of that. And he, is, he, he also educates you. There's a lot of, like, uh, he feels that if you know and understand what is the range of normal in sleep, it does make you feel better. You yeah. know, we noticed like, on our nidra training, we always check in, how did you sleep? And you start to hear, if you've heard 25 people, or tell you how they sleep. You realise what the range of normal is. And you also realise that practising something like yoga nidra gives you a skill which you can hone you know, the skill to know that you can go back to sleep if something wakes you up in the middle of the night. That mm-hmm. you actually, you're not lying there going, oh God, I've woken up and that's the end of it. It's like, oh no, I'll just put on a little nidra. I mean, as I said, I've joked, you know, I lost count of the number of people who say me they sleep with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> they sleep with my husband. Their husband sleeps with my husband. They're all sleeping with my husband. And they're like, it's been going on for years. And that, it just happens all the time because of course what they're doing is listening because he's designed it. So that you can just, it's like being asleep. He's got different nidras for different states of consciousness in sleep and and he runs, you know, that's his big thing, sleeping well. Wow.
0: I'm going to have to check that out because I, I'm um, in a which I love to moan about all the time. Although actually I'm not moaning about it. I kind of have accepted it and it's are we like, that's the thing, the main thing that's been affected for me is my sleep. So I, I've i gone from a person who can literally sit down and say, I'm going to sleep now and I'll go to sleep straight away. I mean, anywhere, anytime, I've always been able to do that. And now I wake up two or three times a night and I do listen to some yoga nidras. And I have to say some of them, if, if it's just one on YouTube, I'm maybe kind of half asleep doing this thing on the phone, you know, and some of them are awful and they actually irritate me to the point I'm just like please you know stop this is clearly not a yoga nidra I don't know what it is but it's not that I'm I'm going to check out your husband's ones I have heard some of his yoga nidras because I did I must have done about I don't know about 150 of them or something yeah over the past months
2: yeah what you're describing I mean there are diff is really important for menopausal women but also to see that sleep patterns change through our lives And that is a perfectly natural cyclical rhythm and actually I think it's a bit of a superpower like the menopausal sleep break stuff is a superpower because you're actually being asked to kind of develop consciousness of these other states of being, which, you know, are pretty witchy and insightful. They're quite useful, but like they make you tired if you don't know how
0: to deal with it. But That's the thing, isn't it? I think that I'm always saying um, I feel like I've transitioned into a different phase. Yeah, and it, and it it requires a different kind of energy from me now,
1: so yeah, yeah. I feel
0: it's very. I don't. I'm not as driven as I was. I'm much more pulling back and thinking and giving myself time to rest, which is not something I've ever really done before. And it's kind. Yeah. It's a transition, isn't it? It's it's a weird. It's a weird yeah. shift. It's an initiation
2: into another state of being, and that's what I wrote about in Yoni Shakti. I think that each of these different phases of uh, of a woman's life. I mean, I and I can't speak for persons of other genders, because this is the gender I've inhabited. But what I see is that actually it's a human process that we go through different cycles. And we've got all these different ways of, you know, marking, you know, births and and marriages and and baptisms and bar mitzvahs and all of this kind of thing. But also, if you think about it, there are kind of physiological initiations, adolescence and, and, and aging. But female menopause is is quite a thing. And I do believe that like honoring and welcoming that initiation in is is helped by Yoga Nidra because Yoga Nidra is a threshold practice, isn't it? So it helps us step over and make friends with the threshold space, the being in between between being awake, being asleep or being part awake and thinking you're awake and not asleep. There's lots of different, but it's a threshold space. So as as persons cross over those thresholds, Nidra becomes really helpful. Because you're like, oh, this is helping me be at the threshold, you know, to be with uncertainty. And Mm -hmm. a lot of menopause is about that. But I see the whole human race (laughs) is currently in a massive space of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And those people who have planned the hell out of it for their whole lives, it's hard, Mm -hmm. really. And that's why one of the reasons yoga nidra is helpful is helping people to rest and sleep because they're tired. But it is also helping us be familiar with this experience of being, like I said, in in, not even in chaos, but in the threshold space of uncertainty, because we don't quite know what new thing is going to unfold. So it teaches us how to be okay.
0: So what I do observe is the people who've done a lot of yoga nidra, who are quite familiar and happy with the uncertain chaos of life, have got other resources for dealing
2: with this current um, current experience. You people say always uncertain times are like, well, it's always been uncertain, mate. <laughs> That's why I've got a practice that helps me make friends with uncertainty. The only certainty is that obviously at some point um, we, we will breathe our last. And I see that as a, a possibility for celebrating the life in between.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned, Uma, um, Yoni Shakti, which I think, is a body of work that is I mean one podcast would never give it justice (laughs) you know you could be talking about it for forever but could you explain to people that are listening what the Yoni Shakti work is about the, the training and then subsequently this amazing campaign that you've put together around the protection of women in yoga spaces and it would be just wonderful to hear how oh, it is. Uh, I'll, know, I'll, that, that is evolving I'll, for
2: you i'll try and do it simple because there's a lot to be said um and if i can be simple about it that's how I, literally um shakti means power or energy you know it means power or energy and yoni means it means the source it also means a word i'm probably not able to say on your podcast but it refers to the whole of the female genitalia yeah so i'm i'm, I'm not gonna offend anyone by it reclaiming words that they might not want to hear but basically yoni shakti means source power so my intention with it and that means the power of life which is um something that moves through humans and different play- rhythms so what i've done with the, there's a large book <laughs> that's about 700 pages long that's now been in print for a while and i have just did a new edition of it the book includes Yoganidra specifically for different stages of kind of the women's life cycle but it also includes a lot of what i've described as quite feminine movement practices in simple terms it's a lot of circular and spiral movements that have rhythm because i observe that the patterns of life don't ever move in straight lines they tend to move in circles and that everything is alive is in a cycle so I speak about things like the menstrual cycle and how that can be a yoga practice, a spiritual practice to observe the cycles. Menstrual cycles, menopause, we've spoken a little bit about already, you know, girlhood, pregnancy, gestation or birth. All that. So looking at the whole arc, it's it was a fairly <laughs> large undertaking. And what that is, is almost like a curriculum for training and working with yoga therapy which is the connection i really have with with daniel through yoga therapy training which means for women and looking at and, and and for those who identify as women and people who are like in a space of like welcoming those cycles in their lives and wanting support for that that's the kind of practice it is So it involves yoga nidra rhythm it's characterized by rhythmic cycle movements cyclical movements that help people basically connect to their intuitive power which i think is the source power the yoni shakti and that source power is what moves in life rather than Sort of boxing it in. A lot of the standard yoga practices aren't very nourishing for certain stages of women's lives. So it came out of me being a bit pissed off and annoyed. (laughs) I was like, yeah, but like now I'm pregnant or now I'm lactating or now I'm bleeding. And like every time my body does something interesting, the people in the yoga class tell me to go and put my legs up the wall at the side and not be interested or not. I don't want to go to yoga because I was like, there must be something more to this. So what I did was looked at all the five bodies and how and it's rooted in some very ancient stuff. I didn't make stuff up. What I did was like dug around in the history of women in yoga, which is fascinating. <laughs> dug around in the in the sort of matriarchal histories of ten wisdom goddesses. And you can't see them because we're on audio, but like there are ten great wisdom goddesses, and they structure the book. They're called the Mahavidya, the Dasha Mahavidya, which means great wisdom or great knowing. And so they structure it according to phases of women's lives. So that's the body of work that is the Shakti. And that particular set of practices, I intended to really support women's confidence that like their bodies weren't wrong or broken or inconvenient, (laughs) that they were to be celebrated. And as an offshoot of that, what started to happen was I attracted a lot of refugees. people who'd been kicked out of various yoga lineages for not thinking that it suited them or women who'd actually been abused by yoga teachers, gurus, ashrams, you know, like there's actually, its people are often quite shocked when I talk about this. But one of the things that came out of the book was that I suppose if you stick your head above the parapet <laughs> and say, oh, there is another way, then people kind of are attracted to that. So I began to meet a lot of women who told me a lot of stories about very terrible things that had happened to them. Women of all colours, all over the world, all ages, a lot of young women, actually, a lot of very young women, but women of all ages. And I basically felt I had to do something about it (laughs) Um, because I'm that sort of person. I'm a bit of a person of action. So I set up a campaign called Yoni Shakti, the movement. And the, the relationship between the book and the campaign is quite simple, really, because Um, The new edition of the book includes a lot of the stories that people were very frightened to tell, so how to protect the survivors and the the book provides, you know, not only information about how how to spot that kind of abuse, how to protect survivors, how to support survivors and how to call it out really. You need a bit of confidence and support, it's quite hard in those environments, they're cults very often. So the book has that kind of information, but it also has another way to practice, if you see what I mean. So, you know, the new edition of the book has things like warning signs and it has kind of um, questions to ask. And I made a lot of it available freely and launched a campaign which has an intention for 1008 yoga teachers, yoga teacher trainers to kind of sign their support and share. It's a public awareness campaign to share information about that. And you can sign up your support by going to yonishaktithemovement.com and um, that gives you access to all the key bits of the book for free so that you can then get information and and simultaneously, you know, support survivors and help it never happen again because nobody's daughters are very safe in a lot of those places. (laughs) And I wanted that to be something that was... So yoga practice wasn't something that would damage women and girls. The intention is to eradicate the abuse of women in yoga and to reclaim yoga as a tool for planetary healing and justice. So that there's gender justice, but that leads into a lot of other kinds of justice, doesn't it? (laughs) Racial justice, racial equity, equity within the yoga world, that kind of thing.
0: I think that's as quick as I can tell you that. (laughs) It's it's incredible to hear um... To hear the drive behind it and the clear, deep compassion that sits at the heart of that, and um, and actually bravery also. There's <laughs> a lot of bravery there. I know that putting your head up above the parapet <laughs> of anything involves it potentially being shot off. And I'm curious, how has it been received? Have you has have you taken any bullets, or are you okay? Oh, bless you for asking. Well. You know, when you, I don't know,
2: when you get into something, you just do it. I felt like a calling. And I was like, I didn't actually consider my own personal safety at that point. You know, I was like, it was kind of part of the motivation was it was sometimes mothers who were telling me about what had happened to their daughters or their nieces. You know what I mean? And as a mother of a daughter, there was something in me that was just like, I don't care what happens. And so a lot of people were quite concerned. That people will be angry with me. But to be honest, most of the information I shared is already in the public realm. Mm. It was court cases, it was proper investigative journalism, as well as the private testimony. I received a lot of private testimony. I mean, I actually at one point ended up going deaf with a really horrible inner ear problem. Literally, I couldn't hear anymore, you know, but that's as nothing compared to the suffering of the women who were talking to me. I mean, and I'm so I haven't actually you've asked i didn't get any pushback from any of the and I have to say there were all, all all the abusers i i mean I revealed them but that information was already out there um and I have supported some survivors to bring cases forward that perhaps they needed a bit of support to do that like so there's some I, I'm not going to spill any beans but there's quite a number of quite serious um legal and journalistic investigations going on now in the forms of like you know proper invest i was a journalist for 10 years so i i really value proper investigative journalism i think it's a force for truth so there's right now documentaries um big articles all in process and i feel really pre- pleased to in a small way able to support those women to go to you know go to it's not if you're a, a rape victim or you've been a victim of abuse to go to the legal system is never an easy thing it's not stacked in your favor it's like it's really incredibly brave and very painful for women to have to do that or for anyone who has had experience abuse but it's like so i personally haven't had any kickback yet from the people that i've you know it's not an accusation it's like i've shown what they've done by revealing that but so they've been surprising kickbacks right now there's a funny you know there's some culture around Yo, know, there's a there's other other ways people have complained about it <laughs>
0: but not that particular one so we'll let, I, we see yeah I, I don't know this if you 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 have an opinion you'll have an opinion about this i'm sure i when i hear about these things um i'm never overly shocked because i think there's a lot of um Ego everywhere we go and self serving behavior. However, I sometimes kind of take pause and think, but yoga is the practice of coming to a connection with the deeper eye, with source. You call it source. Um, It comes, it's rooted in compassion. All the practices, if if handled correctly, are, are lead us in that direction. How did this happen? You know, how? How did no one? That if I was in a room and that was happening, I couldn't not speak. I couldn't not do something. And I, I just kind of I keep, I keep coming back to how did this happen? How did people turn the other way? How did people get into positions of power where that was that was okay? You know, I I remember being in um buddhist tradition and i wasn't in the tradition i was visiting i was visiting to to meet this supposedly amazing teacher and he was wicked to the people who were in the tradition just really wicked i mean he beat them with sticks and he was he was drinking beer in the shrine room and and i said and i was like this isn't a guru this is like an ego an egomaniac you know and i was really really attacked and told oh he's challenging your beliefs about what's holy and this is your, this is your lesson and this is your crap and I remember thinking no this is you lot you're bloody unconscious and this man's you know he's a he's a charlatan <laughs> he's a charlatan and I you know I left and you know I didn't I didn't kick back because I didn't so I guess I'm answering my own question I didn't kick back because he didn't feel my place I wasn't in the tradition I was just visiting I was quite shocked by it and I know this kind of thing goes on across all traditions, why, why do you think, it, A, it happened and B, enough people haven't spoken up sooner? Well, you see, I said you ask all the best questions. Like, it's
2: because it's completely systemic. It's actually built in to the whole hierarchy and structure of any kind of organisation that puts one leader at the top. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a pyramid structure. Or a triangle, and what I began to observe, and I came through this in and out. I mean, I've been involved in kind of unions and various kinds of social justice work, but you know, in campaigns and protests and things. All my whole adult life, like I, when i from when I was about 15 and signed up as, you know, whatever with CND. You know, it's like anything that didn't that felt so. I, but gradually I came to this awareness, and it, I think it's it's a kind of awakening that, that you can have where you actually see. That kind of abuse that you described is like so evidently out of order. It's an imbalance of power. It's a power issue. He has too much power and holds on to it. And nobody else gets any of the power. He's actually disempowering the other people. And there are networks of cults and corporate behavior and nation state behavior and then institutionalized racism and systemic racism and misogyny and... You know, you name it, even the way we treat the earth is about power and balance. Oh, it's just the earth. So we'll extract from it and make profit from it and leave it in a state. And, oh, you know, children don't have rights and people who are that colour don't have rights and people who are, speak that language don't have rights. And let's colonise the world. You know, it's exactly the same structures that power all of those inequities everywhere and the yoga world and the spiritual world is no different but there is another way you know and i think that's what we're calling in now like the network way the collegiate the friendly colleagues way we're all listening and learning from each other we don't have to i in education the phrase was moving from stage on the stage a state sage on the stage to guide on the side mm. And you, the, if you put the sage up on the stage, he gets away with murder. Literally, murder. Like people died in some of the ashrams. I anyway. know. And the most, I don't want to, it's just, it, it's unimaginably awful. Right. That's why I felt driven to, to speak about it. But if you put the guide on the side, that's different. If we sit in a circle, we're all on the same side, mm. we're all on a level. As how, I mean, and in a physical way, that's always how I've worked as a teacher. I just hate that business. <laughs> they stick you up on a stage and give you a freaking headset. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, let me sit down. I'm, I'm here to learn with everyone else. And yes, somebody's going to hold the space and you need to be responsible facilitators. But people in that you've described a classic kind of situation where you're looking at the people going, you people have been totally disempowered and abused. And they're like, no, no, no he's doing a good thing and I, I see that all over the place but I see it in that sometimes if you're in it like a fish in the sea you can't see that system I don't know about you but I had a really you know racist misogynist education in my nice girls grammar school in Buckinghamshire you know because all we learned about were what you know the colonizers had done there's no you don't hear the stories of the people underneath do you I knew about that kind of thing because I'm half Irish. So I knew about the history of Ireland and how everybody was really quite angry about that. And mm-hmm. as the first colonization. So I don't see any separation between the colonization of people's spirit and power and own authentic connection to the divine, which everybody has, the source power. Mm-hmm. I see that as a kind of colonization in a spiritual way
0: mm-hmm.
2: where we all look up and pay our taxes back to the the man in charge and it it usually is a man but not always you know these structures exist and that's my opinion about it but I have to say I think quite a lot of people do share that opinion (laughs) and I've learned from trying to join up the dots you know um, and seeing it in the yoga world is just you and you go into that yoga world probably because you're looking for something better you know people leave other structures of behavior in human world and go looking in in their ashrams and their buddhist centers and everything for peace and harmony and actually (laughs) politics is right in there isn't it and abuses and so i just think it's time to call it out call out the harm and call in the help and the help is exactly what we're doing here just talking about it and people go oh my god that is maybe i disagree but yeah, capitalism has a large role to play in it, but I obviously don't, I don't want to go into that now, but like, basically that's the economic structure that's holding that whole colonization process. Right? And it's all about disempowerment and abuse is just, abuse of women is just one part of that. I
1: was, I was yeah. just going to say that, you know, my, my journey into yoga was one through homophobia, and, um, which then subsequently kind of got compounded into being an in a in a very capitalist focused job um, where there was an extreme amount of narcissism in the place that I worked and yoga nidra gave me a safe space to explore that. So that's been the work that I've been doing behind the scenes for the last 10 years now, and it's only been very recently. I can even talk about some of this stuff because it was so damaging to my self that I shut down and shut away from from my true self because I was scared of who my true self was because I was told it was wrong and it didn't fit. So you have to fit into this box. And, And, And my journey through the yoga therapy training and then the yoga nidra training has has allowed me to start to express this side of me that feels softer, that feels more feminine, that is more open to not being afraid of calling out those people anymore. Um, There's this really, really amazing program that I've been watching. called industry i don't know if anyone's seen it on the bbc Um, it's it's basically a program about working within a capitalist asset management company and the structures of racism homophobia misogynistic approaches and sexism is 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 just it's it's when you watch it and i was I was watching it with my husband, and my husband was just like, "This is this is too it's, it's too unreal." And I was like, "This is exactly exactly what it's like." And I wouldn't be surprised if this program gets shut away somewhere because it's hit a nail on the head that people needed to see. You're silent, Uma.
2: I unmuted myself because the rain got very loud. I didn't want it to disturb you. But you know what you've described. I I, I salute your courage, Daniel, your courage and your bravery. And even speaking about the deep, it's deep work that, that you've been doing, that many people, individuals are doing. When, you, when you've, it's sort of like when you actually see The internal carnage, the damage that it does to our psyches, our hearts, our intuition is one of the first casualties. Mm -hmm. Because if you shut down intuition, then you can go in and go, "Yeah, we've got a homophobic, racist, misogynist culture. You want to join? Yeah. You know, you don't get asked to join. You're like, it's like in the very fabric of the society that we're inhabiting. But once you've seen that, there's this you can't just immediately like you said um dawn you know why don't people shout it out and call it out well because it takes not just courage the courage actually comes from a place of feeling whole yourself Mm -hmm. like i think that the healing has to come first you know it's like our own work so we can speak it out and shout it out and, and i think that's really it's just brave and it gives so much power to other people you know to hear you speak Daniel and say this is what I faced and this is what I dealt with and it is a and it's real like the pain and the suffering and the harm that it's called is so real and it's intergenerational it goes back 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 doesn't it because our ancestors were all part of this so for us to be in a place where we've got a tool like yoga like yoga nidra that gave you you described it really like a safe space to do this work it's something that arises in that sense of, of, of being held because we're, and also that all of us is welcome. That's all my, my favorite lines when people come into yoga nidra. I'm like, all of you is welcome. The whole of you is welcome just as you are. However you show up, every fart, every cough, every sneeze. And that's not how I was taught to do yoga nidra at all. It's like, it's like the opposite. It's like, life still don't move. Don't breathe, you know. But like this idea that the whole of us is welcome, that is healing. Because in those fragmented structures that are, so racist and homophobic and misogynist and all the rest of it they only want a bit of you it can't deal with the whole of you they want the bit that fits in like you know they wanted my breath my brain's all right in journalism or, or in uh, academia I had to leave those structures because I was like well there is the rest of me actually and the rest of me didn't fit so in the, the, the structures that I stepped out of were an academic structure of, in the university which was an amazing place to be but like the whole of me was absolutely not welcome there you know i was kind of uh, the rc student like kind of fighting about stuff but also if i wanted to have kids you know as as a woman reproducing you know in those environments that just didn't fit all the people at the top of the pile were either um white men with very hard-working wives who looked after their kids or women who needed to choose to be childless because that whole, de- the demand, you couldn't have a kind of, you could, the whole of you couldn't be welcomed really. I think it's changing in academia, but I think it's probably worse in the corporate sector, like that certain aspects of who we are are simply not admissible and certain aspects of certain people aren't admissible. You know, you, you can't come in here because you're black and you can't come in here because because we, you know, we're, we're just being homophobic and racist and exclusionary Or if you do want to come in, you've got to pretend to be someone that you're not. Mm. And that is really damaging. And so many of us have to be in those kind of roles. So I'm just really fully aware of whatever privilege I've gained through, you know, I've got a bit of educational kudos. (laughs) Like no one in my family had ever been to college before. So like, I thought, Oh, I'll do that. I'll get a PhD then. (laughs) Let me in, let me in, give me the money. And, um, you know, that kind of, that, that kind of, freedom to get some educational sort of um i don't know pri- privilege that's what i've got and to use that i thought well i might i might be a small arsy woman that you don't really want in here, but at least i can string a sentence together <laughs> so i'll use what i can i'll use my little voice
0: <laughs> to shout aloud. <laughs> you know when i'm when i'm listening to your um your reflections and your observations i i'm kind of from my heart reaches to that place of that's always been my wish and even when I was I think I came into this life with that wish from my past life I'm sure that we're all equal you know I never I've never seen I've never seen um a separation in my in my heart you know I certainly see the separations in the the way the world plays out it's evident isn't it just horrific really but in my heart there is no separation and uh wherever wherever I've sought out a refuge for when it became too much to be in the world, in whatever tradition, it's always failed me. And because I was seeking the refuge in the tradition versus in the teaching, and that's kind of where I sit very much. Now I left a Buddhist tradition, which I won't name a number of years ago where I was teaching and I was becoming reasonably senior because I could see politics and unpleasantness and a real mis- a misplacement of what it was about in the, in the and the further up you went the worse it got um so I kind of stepped out and and felt quite um what's the word like cast asunder like yeah. on an ocean going I don't know where to put my feet down I don't know where I don't know what's happening and I and I kind of just I knew enough just to go with it I just went with it. I went, oh well, I'll I'll get chucked onto onto a beach somewhere at some point, and that'll be okay. And and I kind of then found my peace in myself. And it was kind of like, oh wow, I've spent 35, no, it's probably more like 40 years looking outside of myself, even though I knew better and was probably teaching differently. But there was an element of hanging on to a tradition to make things okay, to carve. A safe space for me, where actually the practice should o- should always point us home to what's already inherently true, and that's my wish. You know, you speak about it being a world for everybody, and that's that's what I would like to see. And I, I kind of I had this vision of you know a, a future where women are are sitting at the table equal with men, everybody stepping into their own full wholeness of themselves, however that looks and being welcomed and you know if they need support that everybody creates the space you know you look at well now if women have to drop out of work for a year to have a baby and they should bloody well be allowed to and supported in it actually that it's like they're thrown on the rubbish heap generally rather than looking at well look at what they're going to bring back greater knowledge greater empathy multitasking skills all the rest of it you know and it, it it's um I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that's where we're moving towards. Do you feel hopeful? I do.
2: I, I feel it's important, although I have to say a little caveat, I generally don't really I don't dig the word hope. I learned, I learned from a very wise teacher actually whose name will come to me. Oh Stephen Jenkinson, he wrote a book called Die Wise, isn't it? You have said that hope steals from the past and mortgages the future. He was like, he likes to be hope free. I love that teaching because I feel that he was right. So when people say hope, I usually jump in and go, yeah, but Stephen Jenkinson says, and I dig that. I like the idea because I don't like the idea that you have to be out of the present in order to be in a positive state. But I love the word hopeful. So I like to be hope free, which means that I actually, what I observe is this real kind of a paradox right now, like in its last gasps. You know, the racist, homophobic, misogynist, capitalist kind of thing is, is, is like a massive thing that's got, you know, our education systems, our legal systems, our money making system. It's all in that. And it's not going to give up without a fight, is it? You know, but what I see, I'm, you know, I'm mother to three kids 22, 19, and 13, and they've like got the planetary justice. Thing. It's like they're just born with it. I'm meeting a lot of young people and quite a few people like yourselves on the on, on the kind of in the circles of good work I think that's what we're in circles of good community builders that's what I see look grassroots community builders of all kinds a- and and young folk and and you know some of our elders have been saying this stuff for a long time you know we're listening to them and the indigenous folks and the people who working in anti-racism and decolonizing folks and the permaculture people i live in stroud we've got a lot of sustainable agriculture community agriculture schemes i'm part of it was my investment in lockdown was to invest in my local community farm you know like i see all of that because of the circles i feel incredibly privileged to so i do feel that things are definitely shifting yeah
0: I think you're right though they're hanging on by their coattails. like you can just feel it. Like it's like a toddler having this massive tantrum you will to why would they it. want to change i mean if you're at the top of the pile you have no
2: incentive to change at all none it's all yours why would you want to you own everything you're not going to give it away which is why i actually think it's really important especially like i'm speaking as a as a white woman with an indian name who's like married into an indian culture teaching indian stuff like, you know, i got to fess up and make sure that people realise where this came from, what went on to get it out into the world and how, uh, you know, we owe, apart from owing trillions and trillions of pounds to, to India because the British Empire stole it. I mean, anyway, but, that, but what I see is that it's time to kind of really, like on, like what you said, you've been born with this desire to see in your heart. I think we honour our hearts, we can feel what's right and encouraging people to connect with their intuitive wisdom, their embodied wisdom. We've got a kind of like, you know, body terrorism going on. You know, you've got to look a certain way and do a certain thing and none of that's any good either. So there's, but it all joins up. That's what I see. I'm a great syncretist, which other people find irritating, but like, I can't see one thing without seeing that it actually with tensegrity it kind of joins into something else. Mm-hmm. So if there's one person suffering an in injustice and inequity, We all are because we are actually really all the same. (laughs) It's
1: the
0: karmic web. Sorry, Daniel, carry on.
1: I was just gonna say I was just thinking about, you know, the, 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 the privilege that we have to have businesses where we are able to provide platforms to people who maybe are marginalized or don't have a voice. And that's something you've done, Uma, with your social media accounts—is you've handed it over to some amazing women, and it's just—I think it's just been breathtaking at work. It really has. But
2: I'm so glad you've noticed because I always felt a bit uncomfortable on social media. I was like, "Oh, I'm just up there blowing my own trumpet," which I'm happy to do. But like, you know, how much of my trumpet playing do you want to hear? Over, I've been doing this like 20 years. My only—well, I've met the most amazing people. And learned so much. So, yeah, the shared social media platform will continue, actually. I, I did it as a sort of a bit of an experiment, not an experiment, but like I needed to go away and write my book. And I wanted to promote some of people's posts. I'm just like, especially someone like Kali, Rebel Yoga Tribe, Skutch, another yoga nidra teacher, most of them. <laughs> People, and my only criteria was that I needed to know the person like, you know, from the heart. Yeah. It might change as we go into a more virtual world, but like everybody up there, I personally, I love them. I know them. I've spent time with them. They've either come and done courses with me, or I've done courses with them, or both. I love that. You know, I've loved. So that was my intention. So I and we like the show. And I went, I was away on a writing retreat, and I was in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, I'm not even sure I can actually do this don't know what's going to happen the whole thing might go bad. i said why don't i call in some help call in some friends and say hey do you do you want to mind the insta platform or do the facebook for me and they're like well why not what's so i wanted to do it as themed so i'd like to make sure we're going to have like spanish speaking one we're going to have a menopausal women's one i think we need to get in all my brothers, you know, all the gay brothers around the world sharing the yoga. Yeah, I, Uma, 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 we, we need a we need a queer
1: platform.
2: We need, yeah, let's get the queer platform. So, like, absolutely,
1: I, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, <high>
2: get, five. <laughs> let's have in here now. We will be chasing you. I usually and I I did it so simple. There's a there's a little magic angel in the back of of of, of not in my back of my bus, but a woman I work with who's down in Devon who's just like. Awesomely handling that, and she just got all the posts and popped them up there, so it was super simple. And I was like, "Yeah, we need." There's been queer nidra in Cleveland. I don't know if you tracked that, my. No, right. I'm
1: going to check it oh, out. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll write a name down. For it Olga Chvar, you probably would love to connect with her. Olga Chvar is in Cleveland, and she's she did she did nidra with a previous training organisation, and we and she came to London. She's anyway, she's an example of the most wonderful.
1: I did, a, I did a yoga nidra. Um, so I run an LGBT yoga group in South End for South End Pride. And I actually did a, a LGBT Pride themed yoga nidra.
0: It needs to be out oh, there in the way. Yes! I was... but,
1: no, but I didn't record it. That was a stupid thing. I, it, right. it was just a completely, you know, it was a complete kind of creative moment. I was just like, right, we're going with this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna record it and I'm gonna send it to you for the for the network.
2: Absolutely, and and I think that but you see one of my, I'd love to hear it. I love to. and so would so many other folk. We need yeah. the LGBTQIA nidra out there the same way that we need like we got nidra for refugees in Pashto, in the language of the Afghans, which is Lucy Lucy Clark Lucy Flor Lucy Arns, Arnsby Wilson is her professional name, and she's doing you know yoga nidra for every. Every affinity group, it, like it's nourishing for everyone. And my lovely colleague in uh, Chicago, Yoli Maya Yeh, who's one of our teachers on the Nidra Teacher Training Course, which is another marvel of Zoom. How can you have your colleagues in Chicago contributing on a week, you know, daily basis to your course? You can do it because they're virtual. It's Amazing. awesome. So, but she is a social justice worker and is using Nidra, like many people, as as a healing tool, not just like healing healing the individuals grief intergenerational trauma working with yoga nidra as a as a massive tool for the and that means that like those teachers go into the communities and be part of the networks of which they're part like so we're we have kind of opened up some more bursary spaces to kind of support that
1: amazing because yeah.
2: nidra is just like we all we all need it but maybe we all need it in slightly different ways so the south end pride lgbtqia nidra is 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 going to be the perfect thing on that perfect day and then the one that's happening in the Cleveland grief circles is something else you know it's like a there's so many different ways and I want to empower that yeah so I'm into sharing now shared social media platform and I just think people have enjoyed it and if they don't that's fine but like there's so many people to learn from isn't there
1: absolutely yeah what an amazing opportunity we all have to share and learn from each other Uma, the last question for you, a question that we ask everyone. Tell us about your self-care practice. How do you do all this stuff and look after yourself?
2: <laughs> Guess what? Top of the list. Yoga Nidra. <laughs> I meditate lying down. That's what my my key... I, I also keep my nose clean. Very good COVID test. I use Neti. I, that's one of my daily practices. Like a nose and tongue scraping. So those things are my... And I keep my digestive system clean as well. I do, um, you know, practices that keep the now things like that, like Hatha yoga practice. But the top of the list is yoga nidra, which I usually do a minimum is twice a day I do at the beginning and at the end of the day. But often I'll put an extra one in in the middle of the day, sometimes listening to a recording, but sometimes listening like to the rain. I'll just lie down and I do it in the morning instead of a snooze button. I, I have an alarm and I also am very assiduous to my dreams. I always I, I tune in with the dream world because I think we've got a kind of collective consciousness as a whole. I think and I do um, practices from some of the gentle rhythmic practices. You know, the practice that I do, which mm. is the complete series for the liberation of energy or power, power mukta.
1: Mok- Mok- a
2: whole kind of like girly way to do that. That you and I might not do the whole thing, but I'll do part of it. Um, and I walk a lot outside, barefoot, and swim in a cold lake. Cold water swimming, I quite like that.
1: <laughs> Amazing. But I Amazing. Sleep,
2: sleep. I reckon the best medicine—it's the like the, the the what do you call it—the nurse and the kind of holder of us, our consciousness—is sleep. And I, I just am rubbish if like, I can't sleep. <laughs> That's, that's very profound isn't it i'm rubbish if i can't sleep <laughs> that i put in things that make it so that it's a priority of mine
1: yeah i have an see. alarm that
2: tells me when to go to bed so that i don't need an alarm to wake up in the morning how about that Use set an alarm to get you in bed at the right time you won't need an alarm to wake up in the morning because you'll just wake up with all your dreams and then you can do a yoga nidra meditation and i mm. sing There yeah that's i do quite a lot of those things
1: that's amazing. I love it, Uma.
2: <laughs> Keep your nose clean and sleep enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Uma, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. We could literally chat all day, couldn't we?
2: <laughs> be here all day. I have to say thank you. You ask the best questions. Really. I mean you both, and you shared so much from your hearts and it was just a delight and it's always just a real privilege and a, an, a, a, you know an opportunity to share
0: this work so thank you for that. Thank for you.
1: Your platform thank and you down for down your
0: time. Down. Yeah, thank you so much, Emma. It's been uh, wonderful to to meet you finally after having read and heard and heard about you. So it's super. You. All right, lovelies, thank you.
1: Thank you. So, um thank you so much for everyone listening today. Um, please do let us know if you would like us to discuss any subjects if there is practitioners or interesting people you feel you'd like us to interview let us know what you think by reviewing the podcast and please do subscribe so until next time sending you all love thank you so much bye